Hello and welcome to the Career Builders Podcast. I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Plain. And today we're talking about the best career development books you've ever read, dear listener. Okay, this is a pretty interesting episode that we have coming up here. We're going to try not stink up the place. We <laughs> solicited from our listeners, past guests, anyone who wanted to contribute to this episode we solicited answers to these questions around the best books that people have read to advance their careers. And those questions were, one, what's the best book you've read in relation to how it's helped your career? Number two, why is it the best career book, career or professional development book you've ever read? And number three, what's the biggest takeaway that you got from the book? And we got a whole mix of answers, Lisa. We have some folks who have answered our questions very directly which is cool. We have some folks who have answered in a short and sweet kind of way, some in a more roundabout way. We don't really want to actually um, totally slaughter the answers that have come through to us because there's some great opinions here. Mm-hmm. So we're going to try and keep as much of people's feedback as, they, as possible intact. Um, so anything that you want to add before we get into this really exciting episode? <laughs> I just want to say thank you to all the people who interacted with these posts and provided their insights and their book recommendations, because I think that there's a ton of really great content in here. And so I know that I'm going to be adding many of these to my future reading list and pretty excited to see what other people think as well. Mm -hmm. Totally. Let's get started with this first group of people that kind of took the three questions that we posed answer them really directly. And Lisa, let's get started. Awesome. So our first one is from Meg Applegate, who is an award-winning resume writer for women. And so her answer to the first question is the book is called How Women Rise, Breaking the 12 Habits Holding You Back from Your Next Raise, Promotion, or Job. Why it's the best career or professional development book that she's read It hits on so many traps that she herself has fallen into and that she knows other women have as well. And her biggest takeaway is that women are commonly held back because of our mastery mindset. The lie is that you need to do your role 100% flawlessly in order to be promoted when it's really more about the who, connecting with leaders and showing your trustworthy and credibility to take on higher level roles. That's really interesting, right? Mm -hmm. I know that that is such a, I mean, I, I can't, validly comment on that, not being a woman, but does that ring true to you, Lisa? Absolutely. Yeah. This is one of the first ones that I'm putting on my list for sure, because I'm so intrigued. And I know that a lot of the women that I work with are also facing a lot of similar questions and and thoughts about their own careers and how they can break through some of those challenges that they're facing. Cool. Neat. We will keep going here. Leslie Gar, who is a guest of ours on episode 34, she's a career happiness advocate. She said her choice of book is You Are a Badass, How to Stop Doubting Your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life by Jen Sincero. It dives deep into mindset work, where our doubts and fears come from, and how to overhaul your thinking and retrain your brain for positivity and success. That's why she picked it. And her biggest takeaway from the book was that I am worthy of success and love and money and visibility and so many other things. And that there are people out there who need help, my help. And if I let my fears get in the way or hold me back or keep me quiet, then those people won't get what they need and neither will I. That's pretty powerful. I love that. Yeah. 
Very cool, Leslie. Thank you so much for that. Uh, always such a huge supporter of our work and it is so neat to see what you are doing. Thank you for recommending that book. Amazing. So our next one is Sophie Lemieux. She's an HR advisor and she was one of our guests on episode 80. And her pick is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And the reason that she likes it is it's just keeping it simple, how to be a good person and how you can make others feel great when you're around them. It was gifted to her when she was 12. It was the first nonfiction book that she had read by choice. And it's as valuable now as it was when she was 12 years old. It's probably not a huge revelation to most people, but as a neurodivergent girl who was not great at communication and understanding social cues, it changed her life. And the biggest insight is just be a decent human being who is genuinely interested in other people. That's so awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that, Sophie. I love that story. It just adds, adds so much rich context to why it was so meaningful. Uh, Sophie also mentioned that a close second for her is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And I'll maybe just weigh in really quickly on that book. I think it's definitely a book that all people should read. It's about um, Viktor Frankl's experience as a Holocaust survivor and understanding that basically he had despite the fact that all of his freedoms had been taken away from him and that he'd lost a lot of the people that he loved throughout this horrific moment in history, that he still had the freedom over his thoughts and how he could respond to the events that were outside of his control. Super powerful book. Highly recommend it myself. Thanks, Sophie, for bringing that up. Maureen McCann, who is an executive career strategist, brought up a couple of books. The first one being Personal Finance for Dummies. Um, she said that that's a bit surprising, perhaps, considering that it's not a normal, normally discussed part of career development. But she said that for her, it was important. The biggest takeaway being start with what you have from a finance standpoint. And she also recommended What Color Is Your Parachute, which is a great book. That's by Richard uh, Nelson Bowles, if I'm not mistaken. That's a book that's been around for decades. It's been republished every year. Uh, I believe Richard passed away a few years ago, so I don't know what that book will become in the future, but it is a great way for people to discover who they are as professionals and to figure out how they can move forward into a career that aligns with just their natural being a lot more effectively. It's a great read. Very cool. Yeah. She also provided a list uh, of books for people who are seeking specific career development help within the Canadian context. And we will link to that uh, really cool resource list that Maureen provided in the show notes. Thanks, Maureen. All right, our next one is Thomas Misnick, who is one of our friends and listeners of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. He's also a social media marketing specialist. And Thomas read a book called The One Minute Manager by Kenneth H. Blanchard and Spencer Johnson. And he said it changed his personal and professional life. His biggest takeaway makes it the best career book that he's ever read. And the, the lesson is to spend the same amount of time praising someone when they do something correctly as you do to correct them when they've made a mistake. Mm, love Great that. advice. Totally. Thanks so much for that, Thomas. Yes, we're getting into uh, fans of our show, listeners of our show. Really, really cool. It's a neat group of people to be hearing from. We really appreciate these responses. Melanie Kasner, who actually, um, I did not solicit this, but we, we actually went to school together back in the day. She's an occupational therapist and ergonometrist, er, ergonomist. Ergonomist. 
ergonomist. I've obviously lost my ability to understand anything related to my degree. So, <laughs> yep. She was talking about how in the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss, something that stuck with me was the fact that when we give ourselves a lot of time to do a task, we'll use up all of that time. But when we force ourselves to do it in a short amount of time, we're generally able to do it and to do it better because we have just the right amount of stress. He gave the example of how in school, for example, we often got our best grades on a paper that we wrote last minute rather than on one that we took a long time to write. So true. Yes. This made me think about how much time to spend on different tasks and objectives, making sure I don't spend too much time, but also that I give myself just enough to create the optimal stress level to optimize performance. Interesting. We sometimes talk about that. I'm going way back, I feel like now to something, it's what I'd call Parkinson's law in reverse. Parkinson's law is work expands to fit the time allotted to it. So if you reverse that, if you take the amount of time that you have to work with and you shorten it down, you look for efficiencies, you look for basically shortcuts that allow you to complete work that is often just as good and is in a reasonable amount of time. Awesome. Love that. Thanks, Melanie. Our next one is Felicia Hunt Fournier, who is a technical recruitment advisor. And her book recommendation is David Goggins, Can't Hurt Me, Master Your Mind and Defy the Odds. Basically the whole purpose and philosophy in what she's taken away from the reading is just be brutally honest with yourself. Acknowledging your pitfalls is what will push you out of your situation that needs support or that extra push. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. We're going to mix a whole bunch of different topics here, mindset, tactical stuff, things that you might think are related to career development and others that really, I mean, at the end of the day, if you develop yourself as a human being, you have a great chance of developing your career too. Mm -hmm. um, so thank you for that contribution, Felicia. And our next, uh, our next answer to those questions came from, an, uh, from another past guest, Kayvon Keon author of What is Water? How Young Leaders Can Thrive in an Uncertain World. He's also a senior advisor at McKinsey, and he appeared on episode 69. He gave us a very short and sweet answer. I will try and say this right. It's a Greek philosopher, Epictetus, and it's the translation. Uh, it's called Discourses, Fragments, Handbook. Um, and I guess it is a compilation of his thoughts Kayvon mentioned that it's a handbook for making better distinctions between what you can and cannot control. He said that it has brought focus and peace to him at the right moments. That's really quintessential Kayvon. And I would mm -hmm. highly recommend that people who love philosophy, check that one out. All right. So our next one is Jessica Gutierrez who's a digital strategist at SAP and a coach for young professionals and community coaching collective. So she has two recommendations. First one is Chris Bailey, the productivity project. And she loved how simple he broke it down, managing your time, energy, and attention. It's guided her so much in her career and development because it focuses on how you have to be a well-rounded human, reflective and intentional about those three things. And Chris Bailey was his own guinea pig about a bunch of tests he ran to evaluate how sleep patterns, alcohol, and exercise affected him. So it's a really interesting and practical read with good activities along the way. Very simple realizations for being healthy and productive. Hmm. Interesting. Sounds I super interesting. Definitely get into that book. Yeah, agreed. 
And then the next one is Kim Scott, Radical Candor. And I can second this. I love this book. So she says, this was a fun read because it covered so much about leadership and creating a culture of growth and communication on a team. So she read it recently and at the right time for her as she's developing her team at work. The quadrants that Kim Scott describes for caring personally, challenging directly are so eye-opening and she provides really practical examples for why it's actually harmful not to do both care and challenge. And her biggest takeaway is the getting things done wheel. Hmm, cool. Yeah, that's a book that's been on my radar for a while. I definitely want to get into it. I love the ideas that I've heard of come out of that book. So it's on my to-read list for sure. The first chapter of that book changed my perspective on a lot of things. So I Mm. definitely recommend even just opening it to the first chapter. Awesome. I can do that. Just to go back to something that we mentioned with Jessica. So the coaching, the community coaching collective. There we go. I often reverse those words. That's kind of her own little coaching movement that I'm actually a part of. I'm a small part of this little really awesome project that she has going on growing steadily. And it's a way for people to get access to coaching where half of the fee goes back to a um, community-based charity initiative and just sort of a really interesting thing. Something that I do outside of my career coaching practice, totally different, um, but just nice to see that people are building something that has a really neat tie back into their community. So thanks for that, Jessica. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Kate Williamson, who is a certified resume specialist in the STEM field, working with folks in in science, uh, wrote in saying that for her, it is Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. It's the best book that she has read for her career. I read it at least twice a year. I stumbled upon it a few years ago when I was starting to come to terms with how my ego hurt me in multiple areas of my life specifically around having unrealistic expectations and being way too dependent on external validation. Drawing on the principles and stories from people throughout history has helped me stay more, in brackets, grounded on my own path. That's really cool. Ryan Holiday writes some really interesting stuff. I have not read Mm -hmm. that book. I've read another book by him called Perennial Seller. He's something else. I mean, could honestly be talking to anybody about the most interesting thing. His books are not just for, I find not just for entrepreneurs, not just for people who are in uh, employment roles. There's something to be gained from, from a lot of his work. And I think this is a great read for people to go in and check out. Absolutely. Thank you, Kate. All right. The next one is Michelle Saunders, who is a transition and mindset coach. And she recommends Living Service, The Journey of a Prosperous Coach by Melissa Ford. So Michelle thinks that this book, Living Service, is so amazing and it's impacted her so much that she actually wrote to the author and thanked her, which is amazing. So her answer to our questions is that she finds that this book is surreal and authentic. It provided her with even deeper insight into the true meaning of living a life of client service. It provided her with greater insight as to how a growth mindset is vital for a coach to have when embarking on a coaching journey. And it spoke from the heart of someone who understands the journey of being a prosperous coach and how it is a lifelong journey. And she highly recommends it. That's cool. I know that there is a lot of coaching terminology in that um, testimonial. I think you could probably, what I have found through my experience is that oftentimes you can remove the word coach and replace it with the word leader. And most of the time the sentence still makes sense. 
Um, and so I think that anyone who is maybe not a coach, but is someone who wants to grow into um, living a life of greater leadership, they might really appreciate looking at living service. I like that name. Mm-hmm. We also had another great contribution, another great answer to these questions come from another past guest of our show, Rochelle Moulton. And I'm blanking on the exact episode that she was with us on. It was pretty early, maybe even like episode 12. And she said that the single most powerful book that has impacted her career was Servant Leadership by Robert Greenleaf. It cemented a feeling that I couldn't quite articulate at the time that the right thing to do is to serve clients versus selling to them. Of course, the book is about far more in that leadership is about serving others, not yourself. Very cool. Rochelle is uh, the co-founder of the co-host of another show, The Business of Authority, which is really the original model of this show. And uh, Rochelle is basically, I would describe her as a brand strategist for consultants. Um, after having been a very successful big firm consultant herself earlier on. Very cool. Awesome. Thank you, Rochelle. Okay. Our next one is from Dr. Hoda Kalani, who is a career literacy advocate. Her pick is strengthening mental health through effective career development, a practitioner's guide by Dave Redekop and Michael Houston. Dr. Hoda Kalani says it's the best book slash guide for career practitioners to read today as we deal with the yo-yo situation that the phases of the pandemic are putting us through. It's loaded with advice that connects career services with mental health and how to best help our clients. That sounds incredibly helpful. Yeah, I love that we're getting into the link between mental health and career development. Um, I think we often are guilty, and I say we, I mean a lot of people are guilty of neglecting our mental well-being um, and pretending that we can continue to be effective professionally with poor mental health. And I haven't seen that ever be true. So appreciate you, Dr. Hoda, bringing that up. Dr. Hoda's got a really cool show that I've actually had a chance to uh, guest on around career literacy and helping people understand career development. So thanks for that contribution. Another great answer came through from Shelley Piedmont. I don't know if it is the correct pronunciation or if perhaps it's more French like Piedmont, but uh, she's a career coach and former recruiter who stated that the most impactful book for her was The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by, uh, by Stephen Covey. The biggest takeaway is that if you need to shift your paradigm about how the world really works, once you do it, it will change how productive you are in terms of things like time management and your ability to start and to be proactive about your life and career and not be reactive. Yes, that is habit number one. That is probably the top book on my list as well. There's a couple more that I'll get into later, but that is definitely one of the most meaningful books I've ever read. It's really a playbook on how to live life in a certain way. And of course, that means it impacts how you show up as a professional. Amazing. Love that pick. All right. The next one is Sammy Walker Herrera, who is a career coach. And this one is the Schopenhauer Cure by Dr. Irvin Yalom. I apologize if I butchered any of that. So it's a teaching novel on how group therapy often runs and how you work with folks in the here and now present moment. 
She rereads the book every year to not only remember how groups function, but remember that each group is a human drama where insights and feedback expand the scope of members' perspectives in their day-to-day lives. This book reminds her that everyone has the power to change. Hmm. Very true. Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more. Yes, we're definitely in the career coaches section of the episode now. So a lot of coaches picks uh, and we're very thankful for that. Laura Holt, who's a career coach focused on helping people in the tech space, wrote that it would be hard to not mention Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. I read it at a time when I was burnt out at work and trying to figure out why, and it has helped me interact more authentically in interviews and now in my new job to connect on a more human level with my job seekers. The biggest insight was that it would be to our advantage to show up and let ourselves be seen. I love that. Mm -hmm. Which is so hard sometimes, but I love that. Show up and let ourselves be seen. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Laura. Okay, our next one comes from Devin Turcott, who is another guest who was on our show for episode 86. And she's a career professional supporting Gen Z. Now she's saying it's not strictly a career book, but The Happiness Equation by Neil Pazrisha is chock full of suggestions on using your time more efficiently, making happiness an active choice, aligning work with your values, all the good stuff. This is the book that introduced me to the concept of Ikigai and why we have everything wrong about retirement. Awesome. Hmm. I don't know anything about the what we have wrong about retirement, although I'm very intrigued that part. But the Ikigai concept of how do we bring our careers to a point where we are matching our strengths and our interests, what we're really excited by, and what the world needs right now to put ourselves in an ideal situation to do work. So I love that pick. I definitely want to dive into that. Thank you so much, Devin. Paul Rainey, a career coach for grad students said off the top of his head that the challenger launch decision by Diane Vaughn was the most impactful book on his career. If you were to ask someone why the challenger exploded, we're talking about the space shuttle. Most people would just say a bad O-ring, which is correct from an engineering standpoint. However, Vaughn gives an in-depth overview of how the organizational culture at NASA and Theocle contributed to normalizing risk despite incomplete data and interacted with the socio-political environment of the world, which culminated in the choice to launch despite all objective measures indicating doing so was a very bad decision. The book highlights how a complex and nuanced social phenomenon can occur without people realizing it's happening, which can lead to a catastrophic situation. That is really interesting. That sounds so fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> and probably has many, many applications, not just in space exploration, but in corporate settings and all sorts of other places. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's very thought provoking. Thank you very much for that, Paul. Much appreciated. All right. The next one is Lauren Barlow, who's a career coach and educator. And she said, the best book I've ever read in relation to how it has helped her career and her clients is Nicholas Lore's The Pathfinder, an oldie but a goodie, copyrighted 1998. It's the best career professional development book she's ever read because the process Lore outlines to help people make a career change is very doable. He breaks the seemingly momentous task into digestible pieces and he supports his recommendations slash the explanation of his process with research and facts about the human condition. Other than wonderful exercises to use with her clients during coaching sessions, 
Her biggest takeaway from the book is that our brain is hardwired to resist change and maintain equilibrium or the status quo. This is part of the fight or flight instinct. This might just be new to her, but understanding that when she's working with a client or herself to try to make a change, she's actually going against nature and our innate desire to keep things as they are to avoid danger. The book is pretty lengthy by her standards, but it is filled with gems of wisdom. I know this book. I've read parts of it. It is a pretty good one. It's been around, like she said, for a while and definitely sort of, I think, would dovetail really nicely with someone who checks out What Color Is Your Parachute? This is another really good read Mm -hmm. to put alongside of that. Awesome. It sounds really interesting. Yeah. We've got a couple of quick hitters to kind of close off this segment before we will get into our own picks uh, of most impactful books. Dr. Rune Wagner, who is a fan of our show and the guy actually behind the movement for us to go from the old logo that we used to have as podcast artwork to the one that we now currently have the orange, white, and black one. He politely said to me one day that the show is better than the logo. It was great feedback. Radical candor. Thank you, Rune. Appreciate that. It's been a huge help. He's the CEO of Pember and is a medical director. His choice of book is called The Peter Principle by Lawrence J. Peter. And it is the best guide to understanding hierarchy, according to Rune, whether that's in a corporate situation, academia, or otherwise. And the gist of the book, I'll fill this in a little bit, is that people rise to the level of their incompetence within an organization. So you'll get promoted up until the point where you aren't good enough to go further. And so I, I think, and I'm going to sort of extrapolate this a bit, is that the takeaway being, if you want to improve your career development chances, grow the competencies that you have as much as you possibly can, because mm. you'll rise to the ceiling of those at the end of the day. Very thought provoking as well. Yeah. Totally. Rune's a great thinker. I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Rune. We also had another quick hitter from our friend, Jessica Sweet, who was with us on episode 73. She's a career coach for midlife professionals and executives. And she seconded seven habits of highly effective people and also added these two books quickly, Keith Ferrazzi's Never Eat Alone, which is advice on networking for success and Adam Grant's book, Give and Take, which is the idea that people are either givers, takers, or matchers when it comes to how they interact with others. And it's usually the givers who win out at the end of the day in terms of career development. So check out the work of those two authors. Thank you so much for that, Jessica. Those are great, great books. And now we will get finally to our own selections, which to be frank, I mean, a lot of people said this was a hard set of questions to answer. And it was hard for me too, Lisa, to answer our questions. Absolutely. We're cheating our own system a little bit. We're giving ourselves the ability to give two, um, two picks, basically. That's what happens when you have your own podcast. That's right. You're running the channel. <laughs> you can cancel yourself if you want, or you can <laughs> go for as many seasons. Um, so yes, the two books that I've selected for this, although I've kind of reflected on some other really big ones for me, but two that I'll add are... Number one, Atomic Habits by James Clear. It's really a book about understanding how the little things that we do add up over time. And if you want to change your life over the long term, not only do your habits um, 
not only will your habits be a reflection of how you see yourself in the world, your identity, but your habits can shape your identity. The more you do things that are in line with a different kind of identity, the more you become that new kind of person over time. Super empowering. And I think it dovetails really well with my second choice, which is Essentialism by Greg McCown or Greg McKeon. I, it's one of those two pronunciations. We can either take one step in a thousand directions, or we can take a thousand steps in one direction. And the difference being that if we want to get anywhere significant, we have to be focused on a really narrow set of tasks. And that when we say yes to something, it means by default, we're going to say no to a lot of other things. And our best interests are usually around saying yes to the right meaningful things in our lives and no to the trivial masses of things that could be distracting us. Super empowering book. Also just one of those things where you realize that you can totally be in control of the direction you're going in. Um, so those two books together, I think have probably had the most, the greatest impact on my career and they've both been relatively recent reads for me. So highly nice. recommend them. They've been very impactful. They sound really impactful and also very, they sound like they have a lot of tactical tips too. So sort of like a mindset, sh mindset shifting, but also something that you can really sink your teeth into and take action on. Is that fair to Absolutely, say? Absolutely. Yeah. Both books definitely present a lot of use cases. Um, they're not just sort of up in the air, having you trying to figure out how to apply themselves to your life. Uh, they're both very, very, very good books. Cool. Love it. Sweet. How about you, Lisa? All right. So my two, number one is the Icarus deception by Seth Godin. And it's interesting because when I read the synopsis of this book a while back, it talks about artists. And I thought, what is what do artists have to do with work in the corporate world? Because I bought mm. this book while I was still working in the corporate world. But he basically goes to argue that we're all artists and that the definition of an artist is that we're creating something new for other people to enjoy. And having moved into what he calls the connection economy, that's why a lot of people are stuck. So mm. my biggest takeaways were really around something that he describes as the safety zone versus the comfort zone, which are two very different concepts in that you can be comfortable, but unsafe, and you can be safe, but uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And the, the concept of safety has changed so much in the working world over the last 20 years. But then also the idea of seeing our work as art was such a huge insight for me and why I kind of changed this view of the work that I was doing and just sort of coasting. Mm -hmm. And so the, the reference to the Icarus myth is that people often focus on the part of the myth where Icarus is flying too close to the sun, but they miss the part where he's also been told not to fly too low because it's also equally unsafe where he can be pulled into the ocean. Mm. But as a society, we've pushed that out. And so now all of us are flying too low and holding ourselves back because we're trying to stay safe when it's not really safe in the end. So, Oh, get it. Yes. Super interesting, totally different perspective shaping on how the working world works. I love it. Yes. I've heard a number of people talk about this book and I love Seth Godin. Uh, so that's definitely one I'm going to pick up pretty soon. 
Thanks for that. Yeah. And the second one is the 15 commitments of conscious leadership by Jim Dethmer, Diana Chapman, and Kaylee Warner Klemp. And this is a book that was actually introduced to me while I was working with SV Academy. They had given this book to all of the staff members. And I think it's just such an awesome way of engaging your, your employees and your contractors to get on the same page about how you want to talk about leadership. So for me, it was just really cool to be in an organization that we all had the same terminology for what we were trying to achieve. So I thought that was a really cool way of impacting my career. And in terms of the actual content of it, it was really impactful because they're talking about leadership and conscious leadership as being above or below the line. So if you think about an iceberg, above the line is what you can see on the top. Mm-hmm. Below the line is everything that's underneath that. So an open or a, an above the line leader is somebody who's open, curious, committed to learning, whereas a below the line or, or a leader that's not a conscious leader is somebody who's closed, defensive, and committed to being right. Mm. Yep. So there are these f- 15 commitments. All of them are really impactful, but the one that really stood out for me was about taking radical responsibility in that it's not, it's not a pie that has 100%. We each have our own pie of 100%. So if there's five people on a team, there's actually 500% of responsibility. And so the question doesn't become who do I blame or whose fault is this? Everyone then takes their own hundred percent responsibility and says, how can I learn from this and determine how I contributed to the situation? Wow. There's a lot in that for sure. I could just like imagine how that could improve individual and team performance at the Mm -hmm. same time. Just that, that mind shift. That sounds really interesting. I used to be super into leadership books and I still sort of am, but I think if I were to go back and find a great leadership book to pick up and, and read soon, it would probably be what you just described, the 15 commitments of conscious leadership. Really cool. Yeah. And they also have a website that has a ton of really great uh, videos and other resources that you can use if you're interested in learning a bit more about some of these concepts. Mm-hmm. So definitely re- recommend checking that out. Sweet. Love it. All right, dear listener, that has been around a 30-minute whirlwind tour of all of these great books. I'm counting roughly 25, 26, 27 that we've covered off. It was a wild ride for us as hosts. Feel free to check out any of these books that we've mentioned, but also to let us know. Let us know if there is a book that we should mention either in our upcoming episodes or if you think we could have another kind of episode like this feel free to reach out and perhaps we will end up with another long list of awesome picks that we can share again with our listeners. So yeah, Lisa, is there anything you want to add? Yeah, I would just say, I hope that in listening to this, there's something that stood out for you that piques your interest for the particular point that you're at in your life or the particular point that you're at in your career that might be able to just give you that small mindset shift or insight that you need to take that next step. Totally. Yeah. I'm so with you there. That's a good way to close it off for this week. For the Career Builders Podcast, I'm Mike Bird. I'm Lisa Blaine. We hope you are well reading up on your career development, and we hope you'll join us again soon. Bye for now. Hey, dear listener. Thanks for tuning into another episode of the Career Builders Podcast. If you love the show and want to help us spread our message further and reach new listeners, 
would you consider leaving a rating and review of TCBP on Apple Podcasts? Without a doubt, your help would be much appreciated. On behalf of Lisa and myself, thanks, and we'll catch you again next week. Bye for now.